When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Yeah, welcome to Off The Bench. Well, it's just Jason Matthews here for this summer series as we look back at the uh, uh, the moments throughout the week from Sports Day. Of course, uh, Sats has been on holidays this week, so it's been Badger and I. And boy, we've got a big uh, weekend show coming up for you. Wally Fullerton-Smith will join us shortly to chat about uh, the Redcliffe Dolphins becoming the 17th team in the NRL. Uh, Andrew Bensley previews the Everest and the Caulfield Cup uh, this weekend. Big weekend of racing. And Ashton Agar from the Australian cricket team, of course, joined us as well from his hotel in Dubai. And we're trying something new tonight, Badge. Uh, we've caught up with the 2000. Well, when did Zoom become popular? 2019, no. 2020? When was it? Yeah, yeah, no, about, about four weeks ago. I came across it in <laughs> lockdown. I'm a you, bit slow. You are stuck in a, a time warp. I mean, you've only just, he only just, I'm going to bring our guest in from the Australian cricket team. Ashton Agar is joining us on Sports Day. Ashton, let me tell you a bit about Gary Belch. He only realised, what was it, a month ago, Badge, that you could watch sports live on Foxtel Go. Yes. Yes. I <laughs> thought kidding. it was just, I was, yeah, I did. I go. I can't. Yeah, I can't, I can't get these games live. I'm in my studio. I'm like Foxtel's oh, outside. That hurts, especially knowing how much you might have missed. Well, and how much I paid for it as well for all those those last <laughs> couple of years, Ashton. That's what hurts me even more. Did you hit him how, up for a refund? <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, how's the telly over there? What's on? You, you guys have been locked locked away in quarantine with the uh, with the Australian cricket side. How's uh, how's it in the UAE? Well, you've got some interesting channels over here. There's a few um, few channels I can't really understand too well, you know, and, and hopefully the VPN doesn't drop out so you can access your, your KO and watch your sport and stuff like that. I think the guys have been crunching Squid Game, which is a thrilling TV uh, series on Netflix, so I've been enjoying yeah. that quite a lot. Mate, I, I was asking uh, some of our colleagues about that yesterday. Is it... How bad mm. is it? Like, apparently, it's dubbed badly. The acting's badly, and it's gruesome. I mean, where's the appeal in this show? Well, the dubbing's atrocious. Um, I'm <laughs> going to be honest. There, it's not great. The dubbing, um, and, it, and it makes you a bit frustrated. But when you start to look past that, or when you actually just get used to it a little bit, and you just start following the show for what it is, um, it's crazy. It's a, you know, it'll be a horrible game to be a part of, um, and it's. Yeah, it's it's a bit grim, but yeah. it's really riveting to watch. Is so it, um, is I highly be- recommend it to anyone who wants to watch it. Are you watching it because you're in lockdown? Is this something that you would not watch if you're free as a bird? You wouldn't have time to sit down and watch stuff like that, would you? <laughs> well, I actually started watching it um, with my wife in Perth, so oh, we, we were pretty happy on the couch watching that, and um, it's <laughs> continued into lockdown, so... You know, um, full marks to the show there. Hey, I, I want to ask you one more thing before we talk about the serious side of stuff, cricket. Um, are you into sport do- sports doggos? Um, here and there. 
here and there. It depends. I'll start watching it if I enjoy it. I'll keep watching it. But I'm not like a big sports doco fan. No. I watched a good one today, boys. Badge, um, I think Fletch told us about this yesterday. It's called Bad Sports. It's on Netflix. It is good. Really well made. Is that made. the Hansi Cronje yeah, it's about stuff all, on it? it's about all these people in sport who cheated and did things wrong. But uh, the, oh, Han- the Hansi Cronje one, mate, that is, it, was, it is probably the best documentary I've ever watched. Yeah, I felt sorry for the That's guy huge. in the end. I felt sorry for him, and people still love the guy. After everything that went on, they, they revere him in South Africa. Yeah, well, gee, I don't really know what to say about that other than maybe I'll give it a watch and, and let you know what I think. Maybe <laughs> well, soon at and, least, um, I'll at, give you my opinion. At least it's a conversation starter when you play South Africa in game one of the T20 World Cup. How's that? Hey, did you watch that doco <laughs> about Hansi? Yeah. Oh, nicely done. I'll say that maybe when I'm bowling out there, you know, really get under the batsman's skin. <laughs> like it. I like it. Hey, um, now, how, how, how's preparation? Are you are you out of lockdown yourself? You, you had to quarantine for a, a little while. Are you guys, uh, or, or during that period of time, were you able to still train and, and uh, you know, get, some, uh, get ready for this tournament? Well, we're day four into six days of quarantine, so we're in our hotel room still. Um, we've got a little balcony out there, which is good. So we've been doing these <clears throat> um, like group Zoom workouts every day with our strength and conditioning coach. I tell you what, it's hot. The last couple of days have been like 37, 38 degrees and they've been a couple of the hardest workouts I've ever done. So, But it's really good. You actually need that little bit of heat exposure when you're leading into a tournament mm-hmm. like this because coming off what has been like a really cold winter springtime in Australia, um, well, particularly in, in Perth and probably eastern, like the lower eastern states as well, um, it, it shocks you a bit. So we'll be ready to go once we get out. Because your warm-up matches start uh, next week, don't they, against the, against the Kiwis first up. So that'll be, uh, that'll be a, a nice introduction. There's always a you know, great competition between Aussies and Kiwis. Yeah, it's really good. You need a couple of warm-up games. It's, it's nice to – you can never replicate – a proper game um, at training. So we've got a few days of training leading into that game um, for guys to sharpen up their skills and just get their hand-eye coordination going again after you've been in your room for quite a long time and just get your body moving, to be honest, because that's probably the hardest part of um, isolation is that y- your body suffers a little bit from that. So um, get a few Ks in the legs and then, yeah, like play a practice game against New Zealand. That- that's perfect. That's awesome preparation leading into a tournament. Now, Badge, you can't see because you're in the uh, the Mark McGaw home studio tonight, but yep. uh, Ashton Ager and I can actually see each other. And, mate, your digs look all right. I mean, that, that, that piece of art on the on that back wall behind you, what do you reckon that's worth? And can we get it in your suitcase? Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's really nice. I was admiring it the other day, actually. Not sure who the artist is. Maybe you know, it could be some real special one. But um, I'm betting no, it's we a get print. looked after really well. We can't complain. Um, the hotels in this part of the world are unbelievable. Like yeah. you never get a bad one. Um, to be fair, we never get a bad hotel. So um, yeah, beds real comfortable and the aircon works. So you know, it's freezing inside, boiling outside, perfect. Um, have you heard about the Poms? Uh, obviously, the tour is going ahead, which is great news for the Ashes coming mm. up and. Uh, but the players' families are going to go into quarantine in the Yarra Valley at a winery estate. Now that somewhere in the somewhere on the Gold Coast for a while, I think first, first. up and then yeah, and then then that go and struggle down in the Yarra Valley. Like that, that's so. got to be torture, right? <laughs> that's gold. 
Oh, I guess you know it's 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 good that everything's going ahead, and um, you know it's good that the families are being looked after. Um, you know they've obviously spent a lot of time away um, without them, a lot of tours away, and I guess um, that's what all the conversation was about. You know, people probably get to the end of their tether with that sort of stuff. And the really lucky thing, though, is like you'd be so foolish to can like we as Australian cricketers. Um, would be really stupid to complain too much, to be honest, because there's a lot of people who've, who've lost their jobs who cannot leave their state to go and work, who rely on working interstate, rely on working overseas. Mm. Um, you know, though we have to do quarantine, we've been allowed and are able to move around, um, and and that's massive. So, um, yeah, it's good to know, hear that. I think it's refreshing. We, we certainly haven't lost sight and perspective of that. Um, you know, that's really important. Ashton, where's, where's your game at? Where do you feel you're at? Um, actually, before I say that, you're, I just read earlier on your 27. Have you got a couple more days in quarantine? Yes. Yeah. I think I get so out that, on my birthday. Which is on your on birthday? On oh, 28. Nice. The day Thursday. we get out. Wow. So, uh, what happens there, mate? Um, so out on the town, everyone go partying? Get- Hit the so- <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. Big, big party by the pool, I reckon. Um, that'd be nice. No, uh, where's my game at? I think it it's in a nice place. Um, you know, I feel like there's no scale um, of like where your your game starts to where it finishes. Like, where is it at in that um, sort of spectrum? I don't know. I just feel like um, I'm having a lot of fun. Like, I'm really enjoying playing cricket at the international level. I'm enjoying exploring everything that I actually can be out on the field and kind of enjoying being an entertainer, to be honest, because that's at the end of the day, I guess that's what um, sports people are. We're, we're there to play sport, entertain, and and hopefully give something, someone that feeling that I had when I was a kid. You know, I had, mm. when I watched my favourite players, I just wanted to go and play. And I want to be that player that, you know, when someone watches me, maybe a little kid, they just want to go and play. Um uh, you know, because I still watch my favourite athletes um, play sport. And, you know, if I watch a gun soccer player or a baseball player or whatever it may be, I want to go and do that because of them. So, yeah. and I sort of realised, I was like, whoa, like I get to do that every day. So that's pretty cool. Mm. Um, especially so that's especially kind of 2020. Yeah, especially 2020. That is the mm. real entertainment, entertaining part of, of uh, playing cricket at the uh, at the top level. Is there any indication yet about the, the approach? to? The, is there going to be a lot of experimentation or... Do you think you'll be trying to, you know, just get the best side out there, and and hopefully you're part of that, and 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 stick with it? What's what's um, coming down from above? Yeah, I wouldn't say there'll be too much experimentation. I think we know probably what our best side looks like, or you know, your your best twelve or thirteen, and and I guess depending on what conditions we're faced with straight away. Um, that sort of will make up the best team with whatever the conditions are. But I think they'll be pretty consistent, the conditions over here. Obviously, I don't know exactly what they'll be like yet, so we'll be open to that. But um, the good thing is we've got a really strong squad um, and I feel like everyone is in pretty good touch, to be honest. And we've had a lot of us have had good preparation. Yeah, there have been some guys who have um, maybe been a bit stuck in the eastern states or whatever, but... Um, They've still managed to get their training in, um, which is fantastic. So, 
and the guys playing IPL are doing really well. Yeah, Matt, I was going to talk about that. Maxi's uh, had a good IPL tournament. Only once has he scored less than 40, but, geez, he and Dan Christian have copped some abuse on, on social media over the last 24 hours or 12 hours after they lost yesterday. I mean, this is the side captained by Virat Kohli. How much of an effect, I mean, first of all, do you read social media? We, we think it's just the, the scourge of the earth. We just think that's where all the worst <laughs> people in the world get together and are happy together. Do you guys look at that and how much of a, an effect does that have on you blokes when you see that stuff? Oh, you can't help but see it. If you have social media, I think, um, you know, you open your phone and maybe you look at uh, the likes or comments page or activity feed and you see that um, someone's there abusing you and uh, you get all sorts of stuff. And, and it's pretty filthy, to be honest. Like some of the things that people say, you know, if that's said to the wrong person at the wrong time in their life, like that could have devastating effects. And, and that mm. person has no idea. Um so I don't know what goes through someone's head when they feel like they have the right or mm. the want or they feel like they need to express um, such disgusting things to a player or a person who's out there just trying to do their best, <laughs> doing um, their job. who's doing what they love to do, yep. um, doing their job, sacrificing plenty to do that like everyone is. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's disappointing and it's something you never want to see and it's something um, I think needs to get a lot better. Mm, I agree with you, you. Ashton, do you guys get, you know, do you, do you I imagine you get some advice and help? And But is that a, is it a pretty hot topic at times about staying off social media or how to handle getting trolled? And, and um, you know, to, whether throughout a tournament you might make a pact that, you know, everyone's going to stay away from it just to keep clear heads. Does that ever happen? Yeah, I think it's... Obviously, an individual choice if you want to be on or off social media. To be fair, social media is extremely good um, for people with public profiles because it's a way to um, boost your profile, have engagement, like really positive engagement with your fans and to make a difference in the world, you know, using our profiles. Because we're public, we can have a really positive impact on a lot of people and our reach can be really great through things like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and whatever else there is. So... There's certainly a really positive side to that. The only negative is that it opens you up to the public as well and yeah. they have their opinions. Um, so we always have a psychologist on tour with us and if someone's getting greatly affected by that, I'm sure they would be able to work out an individual strategy that works best for them. And for some people that might be getting off social media, you never want to retaliate too hard because um, sometimes doing that shines a light on what that person is saying or what they're doing and almost feeds it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you never want to give them that sort of satisfaction, although there's times we want to say plenty. Um, but um, the best thing to do is kind of, you can almost laugh at it because it's pretty pathetic and, you know, they mustn't be enjoying themselves too much if that's the best thing they've got to do. My, my advice to you, just remember that they're sitting in their mother's basement at the age of 48. Right? Yeah. <laughs> never seen sunlight yeah. in their lives. So that's the only... It's pretty sad. Yeah, it is. So, hey, listen, I don't want to end it like that. Um, this is going to be a great tournament. Obviously, the World Cup, disappointed it was postponed from 2019-20 because we were, we were in great form. Then we, what we'd, we'd won... Nine of our 11 matches. We were the form T20 team of the world. We're number one. Hasn't been great since, but we've got all our... The squad looks really healthy and it looks really strong. So hopefully mm. we can bring that back that form from 2020, Ashton. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
you just got to bring it on the day. Uh, and I think that's what really good sides love doing. That's what good players love doing. We've got a hell of a lot of good players. Um, I, was, I was speaking about it yesterday. I was on a Zoom call with one of my mates back home and I was saying like, probably the most exciting part of the World Cup is like everyone's got full strength teams and everyone just wants to bring it and yeah. put it on a show. And um, you've got no choice but to just step out there with confidence and, and let your skills kind of go free out in the field. So if we put that together, um, you know, for enough games, then maybe you win a tournament. But um, we've got to enjoy doing that game by game and, and see how we go. Right. Enjoy it. Uh, all of Australia will be listening and, and watching you boys with uh, with great interest. First game, as I say, against South Africa, October 23. Again, you can talk about that uh, bad sports docker about Hansi Cronje if you want to get under their skin. Does it matter? <laughs> That'll fire them up. Oh, what? Fire them up. <laughs> it will fire. Don't fire them up too much. <laughs> One quick thing before I go. Uh, DRS for the first time this year. Uh, for this, this is the first World Cup campaign that we have in the DRS, uh, which is there to, because the umpires aren't as neutral as they normally would be because of uh, COVID and travel restrictions. Do you have a favourite umpire? Do you ever go out into a game and go, oh, <laughs> I, love, I love playing matches when this person's umpire? Not because they favour you, but you've got to have a favourite. Nah, nah, I don't have any favourite <laughs> umpires. I don't know. Maybe the one that sticks the finger up the most when I appeal. That'll be a good one. That's um, a one. But, that's, uh, that's a straight bat. No, 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 um, no favourite umpires. I think DRS is a good thing, though, um, having that. You know, it, it takes away that absolute howler if you yeah. use DRS properly. I think the key is that all teams use the um, DRS um, for its main purpose, and that's to, yeah, get rid of the poor decision. All right, mate. Listen, good luck with everything. Good luck to you and the boys. As I said, we'll be watching and listening back here in Australia. Ashton Agar, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Uh, Andrew Bensley joining us on Sports Day. G'day, Bensley. Good to talk to you, boys. Uh, and uh, whether you talk about Sydney or talk about Melbourne, you talk about rain uh, because yeah. uh, both places are going to get it. Sydney had some really bad storms this afternoon. Uh, Caulfield's meant to be dumped on tomorrow and again on Saturday. So uh, there's a lot of trainers really starting to get nervous that their horses won't appreciate either soft or heavy ground uh, in both places. Well, let's talk about the Everest first, uh, Andrew. Uh, $15 million prize money on offer there. Is is Thursday night, given the rain, is it too early to do our form for that race yet? Or do you think you've kind of worked out who's going to win this? Well, certainly from a uh, wet track point of view, the two that will relish it will be Nature Strip and Eduardo, where horses like Classique Legend, who is first up, and Lesbridge has done a mighty job to get the horse back from Hong Kong, where he didn't race well there. Uh, but to be running on a heavy track first run, it's a big test, isn't it? Mask Crusader, who I think would have been, for mine, my top tip, but will it be able to make up a heap of ground like it's normal racing pattern that gets well back and runs on. Will he be able to give them a long break on heavy ground? That's the concern there. And even uh, a horse like, you know, Libertini uh, is is uh, a little bit unknown. So, look, there's the mixture where, as I say, a few trainers will be a bit nervous with the prospect. But I think Nature Strip and Eduardo, uh, Chris Waller and Joe Pride, they're pretty happy with things. Andrew, did you see this four or five years ago when they dreamt up the Everest and threw all the prize money at it, that it would have would be this big, that it would be have captured 
uh, the, the hearts and minds of, of, of racing fans everywhere? Well, it's, it's staggering, you know, to think that, you know, from the two Red Zell wins into Saturday's race, uh, the slot owners, you know, that many of them have stayed. They're, they're putting a lot of money uh, to buy the slot and to own the slot. But I think it's the build-up not only in Sydney, obviously, but I think it's the build-up around Australia. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm not state against state. I'm saying that the racing, uh, the, the whole racing picture, what a Saturday it is. You know, yeah. the, the mm. Everest and the Caulfield Cup, it's getting joint promotion. Everyone will be tuned in. They're, they're able to have up to 10,000 at Randwick on Saturday for the first time in a long time that they'll have some crowd there, so there'll be atmosphere. So, look, I, I just love the concept, and, and uh, I'm not surprised because uh, we know how good Volantis is in, uh, in getting something going. And, uh, you know, he got, the, he got the, the, you know, the brainchild of this from an American race, and while the American race has fallen away, the Everest is just building. Hey, how much is a slot? In this race, how much does it cost? Uh, it, yeah, it costs about seven hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, but uh, the everyone wants one, like we saw uh, James Kennedy, a Melbourne businessman who sponsors the Oaks, the Kennedy Oaks at Flemington. He's become a become a part of Melbourne racing, but he wants to make his brand national. And uh, he bought a slot earlier this year, and like he had the Queenslander, he had Rothfire, but obviously the horse's name, uh-huh. Embracer for Gay and Adrian a, a few days ago. Uh, I will say that, um, you know, James has said, and even Cliff Brown, who trains the Inferno, uh, Cliff's come back from Singapore. Uh, this horse has come back from Singapore. Uh, and Cliff says, I know I can't go because I'm in Melbourne. I don't want to do 14 days or anything like that because he's got a team of horses. But he's even surprised just how big the race is and how everyone wants to talk to him. Yeah, incredible. I've got a, I've, I've got a question for you. I'll save it till the end because I don't want to ruin the uh, interview. It's from my 14-year-old daughter about crowds and horses, but I'll hold off on that. Let's go to the Caulfield okay. Cup, Andrew. Incentivise and Delphi, any chance from their barriers? Yeah, look, I was talking to Peter Moody earlier today and uh, he said there's more positives than negatives with Incentivise uh, from barrier 18 brett preble will come across now many of your queensland listeners will know that uh, this horse uh, when he raced with steve tregea the original trainer at toowoomba he never used to lead he always settled back sort of midfield or a bit better than that uh, he's come to peter moody they've run in two races with not a lot of pace so they've decided to go forward and lead so it's not as if he's a dead set leader so Brett Preble will be able to come across at his own pace and, you know, race in that first four or five. So don't be surprised if Incentivise doesn't lead the Caulfield Cup. Uh, Delphi is one that's doing the seven-day backup. The lead we've got to take here is Damien Oliver. He doesn't, uh, you know, ride at 53 kilos. He's going to ride half a kilo over. He doesn't normally ride this light, but he's had a week to do it. His wife, Trish, has been helping him through uh, eating the right things and preparing himself. He's been doing a lot of exercise away from the races. So I think we've got to take the line that Ollie thinks that Delphi can win a Caulfield Cup. Huge race, isn't it? The, the mm. Caulfield Cup. And it's, you know, we, we probably haven't paid as much attention to it this week as we as we normally would. But um, it, we're talking about them being those two horses, the favourites being right in the outside barriers. But is there a likelihood of, of a few of the, uh, the, the runners withdrawing because of the, because of the wet? 
Look, being a Caulfield cap, I, I just don't think so. I know there's some horses in the race that won't like the wet tracks, but, you know, uh, a horse like Quick Thinker, who I'm not tipping to win it, but what I'm saying here is that Quick Thinker wouldn't have been running in the Caulfield Cup if it wasn't raining. He's a horse that was, mm. I think, he's come in already, I think, from 80s into about 40s the last time I looked, and that's simply down to the horse's love of soft and heavy ground. Uh, Master of Wine's another one for Hawks Racing. I think they were looking at running in Sydney this week, but then they thought, hang on a sec, yeah. Master of Wine likes the soft ground. Let's go to the Caulfield Cup. The horse has earned its spot. So suddenly Dean Holland's got a ride in a big $5 million race. So look, while we talk about some negatives with horses, there are some there that will eat up the ground, and they're just two. I'm tipping Montefilia, guys, a horse trained out of Sydney by David Payne, a mare that you know seemingly handles soft or heavy ground. I know there hasn't been too many winners of the Metropolitan in recent times that have gone on and won a Caulfield Cup, but I just love Jai McNeil as a jockey. He rides similar in some way to Hugh Bowman. He's been riding Montefilia in Sydney, patient rider. Uh, I reckon she'll be finishing off really strongly. And, you know, she's got a reasonably light weight for what she's done. Uh, and, you know, from that draw, just gets midfield and, and Jai McNeil will bring her in. I, I like Montefilia to win the Caulfield Cup. All right, before I get to my daughter's yeah. question, one uh, important one for you and some news, <laughs> the Savo. Three Sydney jockeys can now travel to Melbourne for the Cox Plate. And three big ones, yeah. McDonald, Boss and Bowman. Yeah, this is a big get for Cox Plate Day. Uh, we know that there's been, obviously, travel restrictions. Sydney's opened up a few days ago. Uh, those three jockeys you mentioned uh, had to go to Vic Health in the last 48 hours and put paperwork, uh, and then they worked out exactly how they would do it. I think that uh, I don't know this absolutely yet. That's still being bettered down, but... Uh, if they're allowed to stay around, are they able to come and ride on Manicato night, the Friday night? We'll wait and see. But certainly James McDonald will ride Zaki. Glenn Boss to be reunited with last year's winner, Sir Dragonate. And Hugh Bowman will ride Mwanga in the race. So it's wow. three Sydney jockeys and they've got real, you know, strong three rides in the race. Badge and I are useless punters, uh, Andrew. I'm just, I'm pumped. Okay, he no, just gave us the trifecta in did. the Cox Plate. You what have you too, mate. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I am so pumped about this Saturday. Starting this Saturday, what an incredible day of racing, and it's great that you have the Everest and the Caulfield Cup on the same day because all eyes, uh, all the sporting world will be on these races on Saturday, which is only a good thing for the industry. Oh, he's the best in the business. SEN tracks Andrew Bensley, uh, mate. I hope you're doing all right down there in. In Melbourne, uh, we'll speak to you again throughout the whole Melbourne Cup campaign. Thanks for your time on Sports Day. We really appreciate it. No, good on your badge and Jace. Hope it's a winning day. I hope I've helped your listeners. And uh, all I can say is go Montefilia. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. The Dolphins have been confirmed as the Rugby League's our NRL's 17th team to start in 2023. Massive news, of course. It was kind of leaked a couple of days ago with people telling <laughs> the Courier-Mail. But today it's been confirmed, and, and tonight on Sports Day, I thought we'd get on one of the legends from the club. In fact, played 92 games for Redcliffe. Uh, also played 91 games for the, for the Dragons. 12 origins for Queensland. Eight tests for the Kangaroos. Wally Fullerton-Smith, welcome to Sports Day. 
Uh, good afternoon, boys. Absolute pleasure to be on. Uh, good, to, good to hear your voice, Gator. Sorry, mate. And, and I've got to say, we uh, recently, I, I'm, I'm operating out of my home studio and we go through the alphabet and recently, you didn't get a start as an F, but we, I, we ran out of letters, so I started <laughs> doing hyphenated names and you got you with the, your name, I named my studio after you last week, the Wally Fulton Smith Studio, so great to be talking to you, mate. <laughs> Uh, my pleasure, boys. Well, you know, it's a, it's a long name and uh, <laughs> one you can just spell about three times a day. But anyway, I'm used to that now. <laughs> when you when you made your debut in 81 for Redcliffe, could you ever imagine that here we are in 2021, the team would be in the number one rugby league competition in the world? No, I certainly didn't. Uh, but... Uh, I was early starter at the Dolphins. Actually, debuted at seventy nine. You know, so I was about eighteen. Oh. You know, yeah, well, that you... sort of thing. And then we had Ronnie Raper as the coach then, and then we had Frank Stanton in nineteen eighty, and then we had the great Arthur Beats in eighty one, eighty two, eighty three. So you can imagine people of my sort of vintage how well that was. Uh, how you know that improved our game individually and as a team. Um, you know to uh, to compete in, in the top possible way in rugby league, so it was a very good uh, platform for us. Such a such a strong club in the Brisbane competition, and financially very very sound, and that is what I believe what what got it over the line, uh, Wally. Um, you know, you you played at that club as you were just saying when you came down from Rome, and they've had a lot of great people through the through the club, but probably none more so than blokes you mentioned, Arthur Beetson and the great Dick. Uh, Tossa Turner, who was uh, manager for, for Queensland for so long, the godfather of origin, but he had a lot to do with Redcliffe. Gee, they'd be proud that this club has taken a step into the big time, wouldn't they? Oh, well, yeah, certainly were. I was talking to uh, some of the directors this morning, you know, and they said uh, guys like Desi Webb, who's got one of the grandstands named after him, you know, mm. great man Desi and uh, Tossa Turner, his involvement, and obviously Arthur Beetson, who did who had sort of spoken a few times, oh, yeah, he'd love to see us in the, on the ARL those days, uh, get in there, and uh, they'd be looking down upon us, thinking, well, what a great, uh, what a great out, you know, outcome uh, today was, you know. And uh, you did refer to us being uh, spoken about as winning the, the bid, you know. Uh, but, you know, over the last couple of days, I think News Corp... Uh, obviously had a fair involvement in the, you know, in the whole bid set up and because uh, they put in $100 million, didn't they, <laughs> to uh, get another team. But so they've obviously yeah. leaked a bit of stuff. But all I wanted to do was to see Andrew Abdo or um, Peter Volandis get up there on that rostrum and say, righto, this is the next team and this will be taken forward. So it was announced today and uh, uh, we're also excited and ecstatic about what's ahead of us. What do you reckon it means for the people and the fans in the area? Gator, I know they won't just be a Redcliffe team, and in all likelihood they won't keep that name, but they'll, they'll probably be the Dolphins. What does it mean for all those, for those fans? Well, I think it's fantastic. I think I mean, part of our bids, obviously, what you guys would have, uh, you know, you would have heard a lot from the Firehawks and the uh, Ipswich Jets and everything, but what we tried to do was just make sure that we had the best uh, bid there that uh, that we could put together, you know, we're fin- financially stable. We're not sort of in, in 
you know, we're not sort of laying our platform on pokies, you know. We've got, uh, like, a big tendency there with uh, Coles as uh, one of the major people in the, that's in the, the old warm-up field behind the, the big hill. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, I think it, it, look, it'll mean so much to just, for, because, look, we've got a big area there. The Moreton Bay Regional Council is the third biggest council in Australia, you know, and, and just above it you've got the Sunshine Coast, which I think is the fourth. Mm. Uh, it's a big growing ground, and uh, as Peter Volandi said, you know, you know, AFL have got the, the jump on us there, and uh, they've gone out the Western Corridor, uh, which I think is a big uh, area of the Broncos, so we haven't sort of cam- cannib- cannibalised a, a current NRL team, as in the Broncos, with our bid, so, you know, it's a you know, good junior development, you know, for the whole thing, so... Uh, you know, we've sort of we've kept our li- lips pretty tight. Haven't commented on uh, any other uh, adversaries that uh, that have done to us, but uh, we've just done that. You know, quietly moved along, put everything together correctly, and uh, you know those three areas of financial stability. You know, growth corridor, participation in the sport. We've got a big junior development area, and uh, more importantly, you know, not cannibalising a uh, another NRL team, so uh, you know, for the whole area, it's going to be uh, huge, you know. And you can imagine all those juniors. We've got a, a very big junior base there. Uh, I think we've uh, six junior fields just next to Dolphin Oval, you know, to uh, for all the you know the under 18s and below, you know. So uh, all those guys can you know epitomise themselves and say, well, oh, well, look, I want to. I want to play the first grade for the, the Dolphins, whatever it might be, the Brisbane Dolphins or whatever they come up with uh, somewhere along the line. Mm. I hope they keep the Dolphins part of it there. But, you know, that, you imagine being a young fella coming through the, the ranks and uh, it just gives you that, next, you know, right, oh, you're going to train harder, you're going to set your goals a little bit better, you know, you're going to uh, respect the, the jersey, all that sort of thing that you know, puts you into a... Uh, the frame of mind of being a uh, top footballer. It looks like uh, Wayne, Wayne Bennett, boys, is going to sign on as the coach in the next 48 hours, rumoured to be about a $2 million deal, endorsed by two Peter. $2 million? $2 million a, a season. $2 million a season. $2 million a season. You'll get about a mil. Well, I'm just telling what News Corp are reporting, and they've been pretty oh. accurate so far, Batch. Please. Uh, um, they're probably, they make it up as they go. Well, they might be paying the bill. I hope they're playing. That's what I was suggesting. They- there goes your role at the club, Wally. <laughs> that... yeah, I'm gone. I'll be I'm, I'm a <laughs> Wally, he's, he's the right bloke, isn't he? Yeah, oh, of course. Well, look, uh, you know, we've seen Badge coached, uh, was coached by Wayne down there in Canberra, and he's, you know, in uh, his first year down there before he went to the Broncos, you know, and you know, he's got, you know, he, he's, the way he coached, he coached me in Origin. Um, and you saw what he did with the uh, Queensland Origin team last year. You know, his ability to, you know, have that uh, great um, uh, mechanism in between player and coach, you know, and he does that in a, in a not, quite a unique way. And uh, I think uh, his ability to, you know, look, Badge would remember in the early days there, at, uh, you know, Wayne used to get a few of us young blokes on. I don't think I even played... Uh, first grade, and he, you know, we go over there somewhere in the particular uh, field there on the south side there, and 
throw the ball around and do some uh, skills training with some of the juniors and all the rest of it. And I thought, geez, what do you want me there for? But, you know, he, he had his eyes out on different players. So, yeah. you, know, he's, um, he, you know, he's got his footprint uh, right across Brisbane Rugby League and uh, Queensland Rugby League. So, and you see what he's done there with the South, you know. Wonderful this effort, year. really, considering yeah. uh, 71. I hope I'm sitting on a beach somewhere when I'm 71. <laughs> <laughs> With a beer in hand. Hey, we're running out of time. Wally, congratulations on no, the no. Dolphins uh, getting entry into the 2023 NRL season. Very quickly, very quickly, who should that first signing be? Um, Katie Walker would be nice, wouldn't oh, he? No. Oh, I love where you're coming Wally, from. I've, I shouldn't have gotten you on. I'm a bunny supporter. This is upsetting. <laughs> no, you've taken no, 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 Well, look, you know, you, you know, the coach is the one that really sets that. Uh, That's their first big signing. Level, the standard, and all the rest of it. And you know, um, Wayne's very good at doing that. You know, that that'll be his sort of with the with combination with football managers and all the rest of it. Uh, that'll be the best way that to go about it, I think. But you know, before we know it, I reckon that the start of the twenty-three season will be on us. You know, yeah, so absolutely. We've got to get. You know, should, I'm glad everything's got been addressed today, and and, and whoever won the bid, and I'm glad it was the Dolphins. But uh, there's a lot of work ahead to be done. Absolutely, Radio uh, Redcliffe right Legend. Sorry, Badge, you're going to say? No, no, I'm oh. with you. Redcliffe uh, legend and St. George Illawarra Dragons legend. Well, St. George Dragons uh, legend. Wally Fullerton-Smith, thanks for your time on Sports Day today. My pleasure, boys. It's nice to speak with you both. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. We like to save the best for last here on Off the Bench, but unfortunately we have Chris Nelson for you. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Big Saturday afternoon of racing. Let's kick it off at Eagle Farm. Chris? Jace, not sure if I appreciate that comment about saving the worst to last, but anyway. Well, I'll, the way uh, – actually, no, you, now listen, listen, before we get into this, now, and I do apologise – Last week you got three short price favourites up, which was good, and unfortunately One was three dollars. That's short, and, and was it three bucks? Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes up for the dollar twenty winner, doesn't it? No, dollar eighty, three dollars, and uh, I can't think of the other one, but it was two dollars something. Well, that's good. Actually, that is a good return. Well done, mate. Unfortunately, your value bet uh, is still running. It was beaten by the horse I back. But anyway, gamble responsibly. It ran third. Oh, sorry. It ran third and paid. Two dollars eighty or something like that, actually. So you, you do so your it's a good day. Week, it's actually it's a, it was yeah. a good day. And look at you; you've got all you've got it all in front of you because you knew I was going to say something. So it's Saturday, Arvo, <laughs> Eagle Farm. What do you got for us? Ten races at Eagle Farm. Look, race three, number two, Irish Sequel. I think can win again. An import with the Chris Wallace stable. Three starts in Victoria. Nothing went right down there. The runs were all okay. And the three starts up here have all been good, including the last start win. So I think up 200 metres won't be a problem. Up against very, very average opposition, I would suggest that Irish sequel can win again with Jimmy Byrne, who's the jockey of the moment in Queensland to steer at home. So race three, number two, Irish sequel. And Jimmy Byrne again. Jace race seven, number eight, Georgie's Pride for Desley Forster. They had a treble at Eagle Farm last week. They'll probably get at least one again on Saturday. Georgie's pride second up. She likes to bowl along in front. She loves doing that at Eagle Farm. 
She runs her rivals into the ground. She should get the lead pretty easily, and she's got a big weight advantage over some of those rivals, some of those more fancied rivals. So I think she can lead all the way, race seven, number eight. Okay, race three, number two, race seven, number eight at Eagle Farm. Now, what sort of uh, odds are we looking, roughly? Uh, Irish sequel, we're probably, we're probably looking at somewhere between two and four dollars for both of them. Depends what happens on the day. Okay, and they're not each way chances then, so straight out, right? Yeah, no, okay, no, they're mainly small fields there on Saturday, mainly small fields Saturday, so it's hard to really recommend anything each way. Okay, now listen, uh, I will no doubt a lot of the uh, the punters at Eagle Farm will have an eye on one eye on the TV because the Everest. Uh, Sadayavo as well, and is there anything here you like? Well, it's a it's a really good race as you would expect. It's fifteen million dollars in prize money, so you're going to get the hey, Chris, crop of the sprinters. How yes. much does a yep. slot cost? Uh, I think it's it is six hundred thousand dollars. Six hundred. Yeah, and, so... and you don't have to be a trainer or anything. You can just be you and I could put. 300 grand in each if we had it, let's for argument's sake, and we could own a slot yep. and then we go and find a horse. Yep, that's right. That's right. That's incredible. I mean, we're not guaranteed a slot. There might be someone in front of us who's uh, going to get the slot before us, but if we happen to get one, that's what it would cost us, and, yeah, then we'd have to find a horse uh, to run in the race. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a really good concept. Uh, exercise. It's a really good it concept, is. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it began in America. They had a similar type race over there. I don't know what it was called. But that's where it all started, this slot-type setup. So, no, it, it goes really well. And look, the Everest in its fifth year this year uh, it's been uh, it's gone from strength to strength. There's no doubt about that. Rightio. So we've got 15 mil on the line. What do you like? Well, the rain's the issue here. Um, we could get another 35 mils, and we're on a soft seven as of earlier in the week. So, look, I'm going classic legend. He's the horse that won it last year so convincingly. Uh, he was then shipped off to Hong Kong. He didn't settle there. He had issues there, so he came back to Australia. He hasn't had any lead-up runs whatsoever, so he hasn't run in Australia for a year. He did have one start in Hong Kong, was beaten six lengths. But he's had three barrier trials. He's back with his original trainer, Les Bridge, who knows the horse like no other. And those three trials have just been better and better each time. And if you have a look at the latest, you'll see him winning there, and he won under a stranglehold. So off the speed, there should be probably three or four Two or three, I'd say, that go forward here. Won't be as strong a pace, I wouldn't think, as last year. But I still think he might be able to get home over the top of them. So I am sticking with classic legend in yeah, the Everest. I like that as well. Um, I want to talk about crowds back at uh, the Everest. 10,000, which is great. Yeah. So, and this is a serious question. Don't laugh. Do the horses mm. know if there's a crowd there or not? I don't know. I'm not a horse. Okay, but, good. Um, Thanks for the answer. <laughs> The jockeys do, and Hugh Bowman said this week that it's, you know, it's really good to have a crowd. The atmosphere, obviously, the um, the jockeys pick up on it. Yeah, probably. You know, you see some of these races being run with no crowds at all. The Melbourne Cups last year and Caulfield Cups, etc. It looks pretty. Um, mm. It's lacklustre without a crowd, so it's great to have them back. I'm sure the horses know what's going on. I reckon they, they do. Know yeah, I reckon they know what's going on, and some horses love the, the main stage. Hopefully, Classic Legend's one of those. Rightio, Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Uh, visit racingqueensland.com.au. Thanks, mates. Thanks, Jase. All right, that's been off the bench for uh, another week. Uh, Sats is back on Sports Day Monday night. Badge and Sats back. The team, the dream team, back together. Uh, we'll catch you Monday night here on Sports Day and off the bench.